After another great win for Birmingham at Damson Park, we are forced to say goodbye to Norwegian international Andreen Hegerberg, who left for France. Coming up on today's show, we discuss her departure as well as the 3-0 win over Yeovil. Welcome everyone to Great Sense 68, the only dedicated Birmingham City Ladies podcast. It is episode 18. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined as always by Chris Pugh. How are you this week, Chris? I'm good, thank you, Craig. How are you? How is Ireland? Yeah, I've been good, thank you. Yeah, as you mentioned, I've been to Ireland as uh, a little birthday treat from my girlfriend. It was really nice. It, uh, the weather held off for the most part. There was a bit of rain, but you'd expect that anywhere in within like... 100 miles of the UK, really. But, That's true, yeah. Uh, the Guinness was fresh, but I don't really drink it that often anyway, so it might it might just taste the same. But for, most people say it's always better <laughs> when you're over there. So The people were all nice and stuff. It, we, we went for some nice meals and stuff around and uh, saw some of the sights. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a really nice place. If no one's been to Ireland, I'd recommend having a... A few days there, if if that's what you can spare. But it's yeah, it was really nice. How uh, you been up to much yourself, Chris, this week? Um, not a great deal. No, um, work's been a bit busy, so yeah, mainly mainly that really. We begin this week's show then with the news that midfielder Andrean Hegerberg has left the club and has signed for Paris Saint Germain for an undisclosed fee. She signed an 18-month deal with PSG less than five weeks after signing a new deal at Birmingham. Do you think the new deal was uh, to ensure a better fee in the window, Chris? Or, in your opinion, is the PSG interest something the club didn't expect? To be honest, I think I think they'd have been a bit um, naive not to expect a bid. Um, you know, there's there's been quite a bit of talk for a few months now about about uh, a number of French clubs being interested in Andrine. So I'd be surprised if they weren't expecting anything. Um, as you say, maybe the new deal. Maybe it was a bit half and half, half hoping that once she signed it, she'll, she, you know, she, she'd stay for for a little bit longer. But also, it did give us the security that if someone was to come in, we could we could command a fee for her rather than letting her go on a free. Credit Blues in that sense, you know, for for getting the deal done when they did. Um, but obviously. From Andrew's perspective, once someone like PSG comes calling for you, it's it's very difficult to turn that down. Back end of last week, really, there was uh, Sylvain Germain, uh, who I follow on Twitter. Uh, he he was the first one I noticed who was talking about French clubs getting rumoured to look to bring her in. And then, obviously, I asked a few sources of my own over the weekend and when I went on my holiday. I think that was on the Friday. As of that point, no deal had been offered, no offer had been put in. But obviously, it's developed over the weekend, and obviously, it's um, a confirmed deal now. Uh, Hedegaberg made 26 appearances for the club and scored one goal against Oxford back in 2016. Uh, but perhaps she is best known for her assist making. Her magical left foot led to three goals in the opening four games this season. With the Women's World Cup set to take place in France next year, Chris, uh, this move will likely benefit Norway. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously Norway have got they've got their issues internationally at the moment. Um, obviously, Ada, um, Andrine's sister, um, I think I think has boycotted the national team at the moment, and you know there's a a bit of a pay dispute going on. I think still um, with the Norwegian national team, but obviously, as you say. The, the two Hegerberg sisters, it, both playing in France now. If if it comes to the World Cup and Norway qualify, and and both of the Hegerberg sisters have been playing their their football in France for the last eighteen months or so, then then that's good for Norway. That benefits Norway, and 
and it also benefits the, the, the two Hegerberg girls as well. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully the dispute with Norway um, gets resolved by the time the World Cup comes around because you don't want to see players of that quality miss that sort of tournament. No, absolutely. You know, like, like you say, Hegerberg's one of the best, Adder's one of the best players in the world and Andreen's one of the best young players around. So, you know, you, you want to see the best players at, at the biggest tournaments. Sister Ada Hegerberg plays for Lyon in France as well, as you mentioned. Uh, we can argue that Birmingham didn't have to let uh, Andrine go, but no doubt playing in the same country as the sister will be big for her. You can see how just how just how close those two are. Yeah, they are very close, you know, and when Blues haven't got a game, um, Andrine has gone to gone over to France to watch Ada and I think the, the Champions League final was in Cardiff last year and, and Andrine and the family went over to see Ada play in that as well so and like I said it, it's PSG at the end of the day as much as, as much as we're Blues fans so you know the the opportunity of, of playing for Birmingham is, is something incredibly special for us you know <laughs> to be fair to Andrine it's PSG and they're a massive club. They're they're a really big club in the women's game. They're, you know, they're they're very committed to to challenging Leon in the French league um, and in the Champions League. So it's a great opportunity for her. And and like you say, from Blues' perspective, really, they're um, it's one of those they're one of those clubs that that you really can't stand in the way of when when a player uh, is is interested. As she departs, though, Chris, uh, what is perhaps your favourite memory of her time at the club? That's a difficult one. Um, I, I would be inclined to say we probably, as good as she was for Blues, you always felt that she she had a lot more to offer. You know, I, I don't think we we probably got the best out of Andrine. Um, whether that's that, that's down to our league, you know, more than more than you know, not putting that down to to the coaching or anything like that. I think. I think she's she's certainly grown and she's got stronger and she's got better at her time at Blues. Um, I, I, I you know I look at the the FA Cup final. You know she was she, you know from a, a a sad point of view, but she was she was pretty distraught after the FA Cup final at Wembley. Um, you know and she had to be consoled by Mark at the end of that and you know applauding the fans. Um, you know that that showed that. Even though she's a, a Norway international, you know, and, and a young player, it, it meant a lot to her to to play at a, a stadium like Wembley for Blues, and um, and obviously the, the start of this season, she set up both goals for for Ellen in in the defeat to Arsenal. Um, you know, she she showed a lot of quality. Uh, I just think I th- I think the French league will suit her better. Um, a little bit less physical, a little bit more time on the ball, and and if she's got time on the ball, she'll exploit that to to the best of her ability. I've no doubt in Paris. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you kind of stole my moment, Chris, because I was going to go for the Arsenal game because that um, just showed. Well, I do apologise. <laughs> That's quite all right. Um, she she ran the show that day for us, even though, as you say, we lost three two on the day. It was a perfect example of her talent with those two assists for um, Ellen White, and it you just showed how when she had the chance to play the ball she could find a pass so pinpoint it was just phenomenal to watch yeah absolutely and you know like i said we we saw that maybe we didn't see enough of it um you know inj- injuries didn't help she's you know she'd play a couple of games and she'd look really good and then we wouldn't see her for a couple of weeks through through a niggly injury but um i think opposition targeted her as well 
very often when she was in the starting eleven, you know, someone would go in quite hard on her in the first five minutes. But you know, she'll be missed. She'll be a miss um, purely down to the quality she has on the ball. So it's sad to see her go, but certainly, certainly don't hold any grudges and, and wish her all the best in Paris. Absolutely. Good luck to Andrine as she takes her journey into France. Um, in terms of her replacement then, Chris, in terms of the midfield, we're quite um, short in the central midfield area now, given who we've got left. Um, Abby Lea Stringer's obviously coming back from illness, and uh, we've got Maddie Cusack, who we signed in the summer from Aston Villa. Uh, Mar- Mar- Marissa Ewers, does she occasionally play in the midfield as well? And you've got Jess Carter as well. Marissa was play- played alongside um, Hayley against Yeovil. Um, and I thought Marissa had a good game, actually. She's another one that, if she stays fit, she probably commands the starting eleven position. You know the the ability she's got. Um, you've got you mentioned Maddie Kuzak, Sarah Mailing could play in midfield as well. She, I think she played attacking midfield against Bristol. Um, Rachel Williams could drop deep into midfield if she had to. Yeah, and you've got um, Abby obviously coming back from injury as well, and Connie Schofield still a young a young player uh, who could play midfield as well. So there are options in midfield. Um, you know, we, we obviously let Peplo go and Coral Haynes is, is at Spurs and Andrean's gone now. So, we, you know, we have lost a few options in that midfield, but there are still there are still options to have. Jess Carter's played at right back recently, but she can play midfield very well, as we've seen in the past. So, yeah, there, there, there's definitely options in midfield. Um, probably not with the same quality on the ball that Andrean possesses, though. But it's up to the girls now to step up and, and show that she won't be missed. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll see um, how that gets on against Reading this weekend. But before we get on to that, we also played a league game in the space of the last seven days. Birmingham beat Strugglers Yeovil Town 3-0 at Damson Park on Sunday. Goals from Ellen White, Megan Sargent and Aoife Mannion seals Blues' second win in as many games. I was away for this one, but Chris, were you were at the game. Can you describe for the listeners how the game played out? Oh, yes, it's pretty easy, actually. Um... We set up camp in Yeovil's half and and we didn't really move from there, to be honest. Um, to, from from very early on, it was clear that you know we we were we set up in a in a way that we were going to have a lot of the ball and Yeovil looked happy to be prepared to to sit back and try and hit us on the counter, but they never really got the option. So um, yeah, we got our first goal pretty early on through through Aoife's penalty. Um, after a handball by the Yeovil left back, um, and f- from that moment on, really, we were in complete control. Megan Walsh in the Yeovil goal. To be fair, she had a she had a blinder. I've I've seen her have a couple of iffy performances this season, but um, I have to say, in this game, she 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 really stopped it being another six or seven nil defeat for Yeovil. Um, aside from Lucy Quinn in the first half, was was really really eye-catching um you know she can go in one way and somehow contorted her body to to stop it going in the opposite corner um and then got our second goal that fully deserved second just before half time um a corner from keris harrop and Sargent at the back post um sneaking it in for two nil um and then ellen white just just after the half time break uh, from across from jess carter um, it found its way to to White and and she couldn't miss really and put it in the back of the net and like I said we we were in full control the whole way through we could have had a lot more um, 
couple of couple of wasted opportunities and and like I say, some good saves from Megan Wall stopped it from from being another route really. But we were in full control. Yeah, that's what I got got the impression from the highlights I watched on the women's football show. Uh, Eva Mannion sticking the penalty away in the opposite corner this time, mixing it up a bit, but she's finding that as she's as you would have come to expect from her from the spot this season. Uh, you mentioned that save again from Megan Walsh again. That I I thought that was phenomenal when I saw it the first time. And then they they kind of played it down on the on the uh, the women's football show. The one who was doing the voiceover, she went, oh, she clawed it away. I thought that she, that was playing it a bit short. She it was a phenomenal way she got uh, got enough on that to clear the ball away. We were behind that goal um, in the first half, and uh, when Quinn hit it, I, I was up. You know, you you that's in that is that's that's two nil. Um, and the way she turned her body and got a really strong hand on it to stop it going in was. As, as you say, it was a really, really good save. Um, the pick of the bunch, to be fair, yeah. As you mentioned, Chris, Megan Sargent getting on the goal sheet again. She doesn't score many, Chris, but she's obviously thrilled to get another one. Yeah, she's um, you know, she, she's very strong in the air. Uh, she scored against Chelsea in the FA Cup last season in the FA Cup semi-final. Um, and, and again, she, she's got up for, for the corner. And I, I think the, the lack of celebration, maybe, I, I think it just... More than her guiding it in, I think it just bounced off her as such and, and snuck into the corner. So I'm not sure if she knew 100% about it, but um, you know she was in the right place at the right time. She's 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 caused Yeovil a problem in the box and, and it's found its way in. So full credit to her. She's 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 another player that's that's really grown over the over the last couple of years. You know she she's made that centre back spot her own, whether it's centre back or right back. She's she's a real a real part of that first eleven now, um, you know, alongside Aoife at, at the back. That's a really good partnership, and she deserved a goal definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Megan's grown uh, massively as a player in recent years. She's really made that uh, defensive position her own, as you mentioned. She's keeping the likes of Emily Westwood out of the team. It just goes to show how much Megan's grown as a player, and hopefully it continues because she's obviously got something special. Yeah, she has. Um, you know, she's a well-liked member of the squad. Um, the fans have really taken to her. Uh, she's one of the players that always has time for the fans. Um, and like you say, we've, we've played four at the back, and and Megan and Aoife are, are the back two. That you know the centre half partnership, which when you've got you've got Kerry Sarup and Emily Westwood waiting in the wings, you know experienced players like that. It's testament to to Megan um, and Aoife, obviously that that those two are keeping them out the side and and really are now the mainstay of that centre half partnership. And you mentioned being in the right place at the right time. Obviously, Ellen White was uh, in the right place for her goal in this game. It was another uh, nice finish from close range. Uh, Defence looked a bit uh, out of sorts at that point, Chris. Do you, do you think that was just the pressure getting to the oval towards the end? Yeah, I, I mean, that that was just after the half-time break. So I don't know whether whether you know the, the concentration levels weren't there. You know, after half-time, you know, you, you need to be straight back on it against good teams and... You know, Ellen's movement all game was terrific. She she forced a save from Megan Walsh in the first half. Um, you know, and and ran the defence ragged. Really, they they didn't know whether to to follow her or or go with the shadow runners behind her and things like that. So, um, you know, her movement was very good. And and like you say, she she's an experienced striker. She she gambled that the defence would miss it and and that she'd have an easy tap in, and that's what happened. So. You know, she again. She deserved her goal for her work rate um, in the first half, and 
and she went off after an hour to to be rested, obviously with the with the lack of game time she's had. But it was really good to give her an hour. Yeah, she doesn't need much time to score goals in when, when she gets to play games, and she's obviously got her fourth for the season now, same as Charlie Wellings has got, and that's uh, one more than Aoife Mannion as well, who's got three for this season so far. And Chris, you were kind to speak to Aoife Mannion after the game, and this is what she had to say. We're really happy with the result. Um, I think it was a positive performance, more so in the second half, and I'm glad that we were able to put them away with a convincing win. Uh, that's two in two now for you, two penalties each. You're confident stepping up, taking those? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm the penalty taker and I've, you know, I've been able to score the last few. So hopefully as long as that they, they go in and that they're helping the team win, then everyone's happy. Absolutely. Uh, and that's uh, consecutive clean sheets at home now uh, with obviously Hannah Hansen in goal and a more regular back line. The, the, the team more confident and happy going forward with that? I think so. I think the, the last two wins at home um, is showing that we're really making um, Solio Moors a bit of a fortress and we want to keep that going forward. Um, I think it's a credit to Hannah Hampton in goal. Um, you know, ha- so young and having to step up and put in good performances and obviously the clean sheet today. Um, so we're really happy with that. Yeah, credit to her. The, the biggest praise you could give is that we're not missing the other two keepers. So it shows how well she's doing. Um, you mentioned about Solihull Moors becoming a bit of a fortress. Obviously, a tough start to the season with lots of away games. Do you think the season's, you know, been kicked on and, and we're getting going now with the games at home? Hopefully, yeah, that was our intention when we came back um, after Christmas. So these two wins, I hope, hopefully, they're going to kick us forward um, going into the rest of the season um, and take that into Reading next week in the FA Cup. Yeah, that's the final question. The, the, as a group, you're confident with the with the game. Obviously, you know it's going to be a tough game going to Reading, but confident that we can do well in the cup again. Yeah, I think we're very confident, um, especially with the last two wins under our belt. Um, we'll be going in looking to obviously get the win and put in a good performance. We know it's going to be a tough game, um, especially with it being away at their ground. Um, but we're confident, um, and fingers crossed. And Chris also spoke to manager Mark Skinner, and this is what he had to say about the match pleased with the result as it's a results based industry first half we, we weren't we weren't clinical enough we weren't we were a little bit off the pace um, we, t- we spoke about controlling the tempo throughout the whole game but I think we took that quite literally um, and we didn't inject enough I think it's very difficult to play against show because you don't there's a little bit of a lack of consistency of what they're going to do whether they're going to attack go long go short their shapes a little bit in and out so you, you don't really know so I think took us 45 to get used to that um we created chances again uh, and we've another clean sheet so um overall when i when i reflect i reflect positively but we know that we've got some good games coming up where we've got to be at our top so we, it's a it's a good to get those results um but now we need to kick on yeah uh plenty of um use of the of the wings left and right um, going forward and getting crosses in was that an aim to, to try and exploit them defensively? Yeah well we we didn't know whether they were going to play a three or a four at the back so we thought that we could get out into those half spaces and wide channels um, and we did and we've worked on some crossing again this week I just think that maybe the little bit of finishing touches could have been added in the game now I'll look back but I don't know, we might have gotten there what seven or eight times where we've got to score those chances this game could have easily been 10 today um, and that's no disrespect to Yeovil. I just think that if we'd have shown the same intent first half as we did second half, I think the game would have been out of sight. So, um, yeah, we're working on it and we're working on different ways to score. We've got set pieces, we've got that. We, we need the 1v1 drives yeah, so that... Yeah. See, when you've got a team that banks up against you, you've got to open them up and you need individual quality for that. So that's why at the end, we've 
support Emran and Frida to, to show those opportunities. So, yeah, I'm really pleased overall. Yeah, from a fan's perspective, obviously, you know, we, we have created a, a lot of chances today. And th- th- to be fair, their keepers made a couple of really good saves. One from Lucy Quinn in the first half was a really good save and a couple in the second half as well. Um, obviously, you, you know, you mentioned about the, the different options and there seemed to be a lot of interchanging up front as well. You know, Ellen dropping deep and then yeah. and Ra- Ellen was the top, but then Rachel was pushing past her at times as well. So it's a lot of interchanging up front to, to get in behind them. Yeah, and look, we look at that. We look at knowing that if you stay in one position, the defenders always know where you are. We look to interchange because we know we've got a skill set where Ellen White, for example, can come out of a nine and spin and play out wide. So equally, as that happens, once the focus is on the ball one side, they lose their opportunity so you can get in behind. And we work a lot on, it's called we call it ghost running, where they run on the opposite shoulders and in behind. So um, we look at that, we work on that. I still think we can do a lot more of that, if I'm being honest, because I think that then you'll take every team to task if you get it right. Yes, the keepers make good saves from a maybe a fan's perspective. From my perspective, we've got to take those chances because that that puts you five, six. You, uh, hopefully, as a fan, you see that we should be at seven or eight. It felt that way, yeah. Uh, and you look at a Liverpool who've got a seven or eight, and you tell you tell why it's not necessarily they've been exceptional. No, of course. But you've they've got to take your chance. They've put their chances away, and, yeah. and they've got more space on that pitch. So we'll keep working. We'll keep trying to create those. We're trying to create opportunities for simple goals. And we've created those today, but we've got to have the finishing touch. That's concentration, mate. That, that just comes, no matter how many drills you do, we have to concentrate in front of the goal on just match to, on match day. And that's where it comes to. So we'll get there and we'll, we'll score many more in the future, I'm sure. Uh, just looking ahead to, to next week now, obviously, Reading away in the FA Cup. Um, experience tells us it's going, to be, it's going to be a battle, it's going to be a fight. Um, do, you, do you pick up anything today that, that you'll, you'll take for, forward to next week and, and use for? Week. I think second half performance, I think the way that we got in behind, uh, we needed snappier in our challenges in the midfield, especially as we, we weren't at the races first half. Um, but we know it's going to be tough against Reading, and we know that just because of the histories, it's going to be a battle. We know every game's tight um, when we play them, so it's going to be who shows the quality on the day, and that's what we need to bring next week. We need to bring hard to beat, and we need to make sure that we we want to go and take a result so I can reassure the fans that we definitely want to go and take a result we'd love to get back to, to Wembley in four or five games time if, if that's what it takes but we know how difficult it will be to beat Reading so we've got to be at the top of our performance to make sure we uh, give ourselves a chance uh, last couple of games Jess Carter's been playing right back um, she got forward quite a lot today set up the, the third goal for Ellen White with a good cross um, was used to seeing her in the middle as well is that is that a, a permanent change for her or is it just shows her flexibility? I think it shows her flexibility. It also shows that, for example, and I think we, we, we do get fixated on positions, whereas if Jess picks up the ball from right back and drives into centre mid, she, she's, she's, centre there, mid, anyway, she's yeah. there anyway. So it's naturally occurring right in a position she'll pick it up in a game. What we have recognised is that Jess Carter's a supreme athlete, which she wants to be, and we have to get that consistency out there because, as you've seen today, some of them crosses were delicious. Yeah, brilliant. And she has that ability. We did. Um, we probably had. She probably had thirty crosses with me the other day when she came back from England. We did it Thursday, and some of the quality she she puts on them. And it's almost we've been waiting for that quality to be back there, and our forwards are a yard off it because they're not. It's not the consistency that they've used been used to. Yeah. So she can keep doing that. Can keep pushing to get back to more goals. And then she's got the recovery speed to get back, mate. So she lends herself to two or three positions. Yeah, she's so flexible in that. But yeah. The one thing she does need to do is just keep working, keep working. I want to create 
and make sure she's an England international going forward. Thanks to Aoife and Mark, as always, for speaking to us. Next up is our weekly segment, Loan Watch, as we take a look at how Coral Jade Haynes and Sophie Bagley are getting on on loan. First up, and there is only one place to start this week, you were obviously at Solly Hall this weekend, Chris, but there was a cracker up in Sheffield. Sheffield FC 4, Tottenham Hotspur 3. And it was our very own Coral Haynes who scored the opening goal in that one for Spurs. Her second of the season, and it comes off the back of an assist against high-flying Millwall the previous week. Uh, after a quiet or so month, Chris, she's finding her form again after the winter break. Yeah, she is, and this is what the loan the loan market is good for. You know, you can you can give your players the opportunity to to get regular game time and and get used to playing ninety minutes again, and and it's benefiting Coral. You know, she's she's assisted one last week. She's getting getting used to playing with the, with her new teammates, and obviously getting on the on, on the score sheet is. She's someone who, who has got plenty of goals in her, um, and it's good to see her get get on the score sheet for Spurs. Obviously, disappointing that it that it ended in defeat, but it seems to be the way Spurs are going at the moment. They'll they'll score a few, but they'll they'll concede a few as well. They they seem to be quite uh, entertaining matches right, when Spurs are involved. Like Carol, it's um, obviously good to be involved in games that are high scoring, but obviously it's not the one for the managers who are probably tearing their hair out on the sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll be frustrating for her as well. You know, obviously she'll she'll want to make her mark on games as such with with assists and goals, but she'll want to be part of a winning team as well. And you know, if they can turn that round and and keep the attacking momentum going, but tighten up at the back, then I'm sure Spurs will will win a few more games. No before doubt the they season's will. Out. No, I think they're about mid table last time I checked. Uh, Sophie Bagley yeah, meanwhile so, travelled yeah. with the Bristol City side to take on Liverpool. She conceded twice in this one. The first goal came from a Jess Clark cross that bounced away from the defender and into the path of an informed Beth England. Liverpool's second was another from England, who has now six in the league this season. From first viewing, I thought this had taken a nick off the defender, but after a few more looks, it was a fantastic outswinging left-footed effort. It flew into the top corner and Sophie dived but couldn't get to it. it what a goal, Chris. Yeah, it's one of those where you hold your hands up and say what a hit, you know, and... Beth England is is in ridiculous form at the moment. Like you say, six in two. I think she got four against Yeovil, and to get another two here. Um, like you say, the first one was probably a poor defensively. Um, uh, you know, Sophie's you know got, got to get used to not having not having a, as solid a defence probably in front of her this season. But the second one, you take nothing away from from Beth England. It was a, a really sweet strike and. And not much you can do about that, really, Beth when England's she hits performance it that was well. Also in front of the New England manager, Phil Neville, of course. Uh, do you think she could possibly get a call-up if she keeps playing like this? Well, if she keeps scoring goals like that when he's in attendance, then um, I think she'll she'll definitely be uh, one to look out for, definitely. Maybe not the She Believes Cup, um, but certainly in the, in the coming year or so. If she keeps scoring goals for Liverpool and, and performing at a high level, then they're going to have to pick her based on based on performances and goals like that. So, yeah, I, th- I think she's definitely... It goes to show to just how for. much of a depth that uh, Chelsea had that they could let her go on loan. And she's done such tremendous work since she's gone off loan to Liverpool. Yeah, 100%. You know, she was, um, she was a star for Doncaster, which made Chelsea buy her. But as you say, for, for Chelsea to be able to to let someone like that go out on loan because they don't need her and 
and she's lighting up WSL one with, with goals like that and performances. Then, as you say, the the, the squad depth Chelsea have is is Before quite, we move quite on, ridiculous. Obviously, Phil Neville, as we briefly mentioned, was appointed England boss since we last recorded. It always happens to be the way, Chris. Like a day after you record, something happens, but. Yeah, you wouldn't have it any other way. What's been said about his appointment, those uh, ill-advised tweets from the past, for example. But I think going forward, now the appointment has been made, we need to back him and the team. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, look, you're not going to change the past. Um, the tweets in isolation are a, are a little bit silly, a little bit foolish. Um, you know, he's a, but he's apologised, and as I say, there's nothing you can do about that now. Like the decision, really. It, you're not going to change it. The decision's been made for the, for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. He's, he's been given the job. Um, uh, I think I put on Twitter the only, the way he can win over the doubters and win over the women's football fans is by getting himself out there and going to games. And you know, I was pleased to see him at both the Saturday night and Sunday game. Um, you know, I'm sure more often than not he'll be at Man City and. Chelsea and Arsenal games more than you know the likes of Birmingham v Yeovil because the, there's there's a higher contingent. But if he can get to Birmingham games and and Bristol games and Liverpool games, then then you know all all the better. You know, get to as many as you can. Learn about the the, the English players. You know, I, th- I think somebody caught him out about the top goal scorer in the WSL in, in his in his media briefing, but. You know, the only way he's going to learn about these young England players is by going out and watching them. You know, get to a WSL two game or two. You know, show the show the fans that you're actually willing to to really learn about about the women's game and uh, and learn about the developing players, the under 19 to under 23 players, as well as as well as your first team players. So, you know, like you say, he he is the England women's national manager now, and and, and we have to back him because. Ultimately, if we back him and he does a good job, then that's as you good said, for England. He's so. gone to two games last weekend. He's going to be at the game tonight, I, as far as I know. And he said he's going to go to a game on Sunday. So he might be at the Reading-Birmingham game on Sunday because that's probably one of the bigger ties from the FA Cup this week, Chris. What do you think? Yeah, it is. You know, it's, a, it's an all-WSL one tie. There's there's plenty of English players you know, who, who are available for selection on who will be on the pitch. Um, it's always a feisty affair. So, you know, if his advisors have told him that, that that's a good one to go to, you know, hopefully hopefully we'll see him at that one. Uh, I'm sure he'll be at the one tonight. Uh, you know, it'd be pretty bad not to be at that one, you know, when, when those two are at the top of the table. But, yeah, like I said, get to as many as you can. Get to, You know, get, get yourself around, get yourself noticed by fans, you know, show your face, speak with people learn about the new players like I said and uh, and that's the way you'll win over the doubters. We'll move on to our preview shortly but first I'd like to talk to you about Simply Cook. Simply Cook is a subscription-based recipe box that delivers you the spices and pastes to really bring out your creative side in the kitchen. Simply Cook has 76 fantastic recipe cards to choose from and you will receive four of them at a time. I personally use the service and have done so since May and have tried at least 48 of the recipes on offer. How does it work? You sign up, choose the recipes that you want to try and they deliver the spices and paste to your door. All you need then is to buy the fresh ingredients from the shop and you are away. Broaden your cooking today and try Simply Cook. Simply go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Simply Cook 68. That's bit.ly forward slash Simply Cook 68. 
Sign up and you will have your first box half price. Help support the show today and try this great service today. It's now time for our preview of this Sunday's game against Reading. Reading have been on a fantastic run this season, losing only three matches and two of those have been in the last few weeks against the likes of Manchester City and Arsenal. We're going to expect a tough game this weekend with lots of ex-Blues players like Remy Allen. I don't think Jade Moore's back from injury yet, but she's on her way. No, I think she'll be out, yeah. Joe Potter, Mary Earps in goal. They've got they've got fantastic players, Chris, and it's going to be a tough game if we're going to go through to the next round. Yeah, it is. It's you know one of the toughest draws we could have had really away from home against a side that, like you said, are flying and full of confidence and and full of experienced players. Um, but uh, you know, you, we pointed out before the league game there. You know, it's it's always a tight game. It's I think the last four have been draws now, so. Um, yeah, it's going to be feisty. It's going to be tight. Uh, there's going to be a few challenges flying in. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think it's going to be any different. So, you know, we know what to expect. Um, you know, we drew two-two there earlier on in the season, and for a harsh penalty and a and a Jade Jade Moore worldy, um, we we might have come away with a win there. So, you know, that will give us confidence. The fact that we. We played some really good football up at Reading earlier on in the season. Um, Ellen White back fit, you know, alongside Charlie Wellings and, and a solid defence. There's reasons to be positive going into it. Yeah, reasons to be positive indeed, Chris. Obviously, Ellen White missed the last time we played at Reading, so that's going to be a positive for us. Unfortunately for Jade Moore, she will miss the game due to injury, which is a shame for Reading. But that's obviously a positive for us in one way because she's such a good player, as you yeah. rate, highly rate her. Yeah. Um, Brooke Chaplin's had a really good season for Reading. She's got seven goals in 13 games so far for the club. Obviously, along with her and the likes of Farrah Williams, there's always a chance of goals in their side. We've got to be careful about them to try and get our third clean sheet in a row, Chris. Yeah, that definitely. And, you know, Lauren Bruton up front and Kirsty Linnett, you know, they're, they're, they're certainly a side that, that have got goals in them. Um, you know, Farrah Williams has, has scored past us in the past. I think Bruton scored... Um, the penalty against us earlier um, last season, I think it was when we drew one-one there. So um, they have got goals in them, you know that they've got, as you say, with, with chap people like Chaplin, they've got people who are in good goal-scoring form. But but so, you know, Ellen has got four in four in three pretty much this season, you know, because of the game she's missed and and Charlie scoring and you know even our defenders are getting in on the act. So um, yeah, I, I think. Both teams will probably be a little bit tighter than normal um, because of, because of the fixture because it's a it's a cup game it's a knockout game and, and you know one mistake could cost you so I don't expect to see a vast amount of goals but you know hopefully with the likes of with the likes of um, Ellen White and, and Charlie available to us you know if we get those chances they'll be put away. Yeah, I certainly hope so. We've got um, we haven't seen Charlie Wellings and Ellen White get to play too much this season, but. That's one of the things I really enjoy about seeing Birmingham. When I get to see those two play up front together, it's it's going to be a an exciting time going for Birmingham going ahead this for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I think against against Yeovil, I think it, he played Charlie one side and and Lucy Quinn the other, who was excellent again, um, and Ellen up front with Rachel supporting her. You know, and if that front four was available to us again, and that's the option he went with, you know, there's there's plenty of firepower there. 
Yeah, indeed. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't see him playing four up front against Reading, but um, given given that we need to command the midfield if we're going to get get a result out of this Reading game, so maybe someone like Abby Lee is going to come back in. Maybe Maddie Cusack, someone who can add add some more to the central midfield area. And um, we're going to we're obviously going to Adams Park this weekend, Chris, the the home of Wickham Wanderers, for those unaware. Uh, where Reading play their home games. It was selected for the location for the cup final for the Continental Cup just today, I believe. What are your thoughts on that? Obviously, it's not too far north, not too south. It's well, it's more south than north. Obviously, it's more it's more near the Arsenal home base. Do you think that's a bit of payback for last time when they got to host it at their own ground, or is that just uh, just how it's fallen this year? To be honest, Craig, it wouldn't surprise me if it was just to keep Arsenal happy. Um, you know. They've, they've, they've had a, I think I remember when we played, we were playing Arsenal in the Continental Cup final, and that was a midweek night as well, uh, and that was at Barnet, which is you know, just up the road from them. So um, again, it's a midweek game, and and it's very much closer to Arsenal than it is to to Man City. Um, both sides have got fans up and down the country, so um, I'm sure it'll be it'll be well well supported, and there'll be a a decent turnout on the day. I'm almost, you know, I'm 100% certain there'd be a better turnout if it was a weekend game. Um, but with, with the fixture congestion and, and international matches, there's, you know, there's just no no time for it, no space for it. And, and again, that's something the FA need to look at if, if they want to go forward and, and develop the women's game, that they need to sort their timings out and their schedule out. Because again, it's, it's been poorly planned and, and we've ended up with a, with a domestic cup final on on a on a weeknight where not many people are going to be able to go to it. Yeah, I mean, I would I would agree with that. You've got um, obviously in the men's game, you've got the FA Cup being devalued um, with like the Champions League. I think it was occasionally that they're both on the same weekend. Yeah, like, yeah. One time it happened. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It it, it it just goes to show that the FA still uh, have work to do in terms of rising the profile of the domestic cup competitions yeah. at least in this country. But they wouldn't hold they wouldn't hold the the Carabao Cup, as it's now called, they wouldn't hold that on a Wednesday night. You no, know, so, so so. But again, the with the with the fixture congestion and uh, and the schedule, they, they haven't allowed they haven't allowed room for it. They haven't thought about it well enough, and um, you know it's ended up it's it's got to be on on a weeknight now, which is you know disappointing for the fans, Man City fans mainly, who who won't be able to travel down for it. Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned, the the day has also changed. If you don't know, the Continental Cup final was scheduled for the 11th of March, and it's now on the 14th of March on a Wednesday. Um, it'll be Manchester City versus Arsenal, as we've mentioned. It's going to be, it should be a good game, even though the turnout might not be as good as you mentioned because of all the uh, because it's being changed to a weekday, and it's for, for people travelling. It's not by the time the game ends, it's going to be after nine o'clock, and trains are going to be hard to come by and stuff, and driving up and down the motorway and stuff. It takes about an hour to walk to the train station from there as well. So, you know, it's not exactly a five-minute walk to the train station either. So Yeah, it's not exactly in the centre of the town either, as you mentioned. No, no. no. Um, a venue that I would think might be a possibility for future years if they wanted to use it would be somewhere like... We obviously use Wembley for the FA Cup final, which is a fantastic opportunity for players who get to play there in recent years. If we can't use that for the League Cup, as the men's do, maybe get in cooperation with like the uh, Welsh FA and see if Millennium Stadium's available, because that's a, a fantastic ground that I've watched rugby play there. And it's it's such a lovely venue, and it, the noise can be kept well in with the way the stadium's been created and the roof can be closed. 
it might be a possibility for future areas if you're going to have London teams versus Manchester teams in the future. Yeah, it's it's you know that that's another possibility. But again, you know you wouldn't want to be driving or getting a train to Wales on a Wednesday night. So I think it's the day that's the problem. If, you know, if it was a Saturday, I wouldn't have a great deal of uh, uh, you know dis- dissatisfaction about it being at somewhere like Wickham. You know, it's it, it's a ground that could hold you know a, a fair few fans and. For a cup for as long as obviously Reading aren't there, it's, it's a cup final that that it w- would be a you know a, a decent place for it. But it, again, on the Wednesday night, it's it's very difficult. Um, I remember when we played against uh, at Burton against Arsenal. Um, yeah, that was a that was a decent ground. It's it's not too difficult to get to, and Man City Arsenal. You'd you'd look at somewhere like in the Midlands, you know to. To hold to hold a, a cup final like that, um, you know, f- fair to both teams then as such. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a strange one, um, but it's all the FA is doing again. To be fair, yeah, and it won't. It probably won't be the last time we talk about the FA this season. But you never know. That's true. We can yeah. live in hope. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Back onto the uh, Adams Park, and obviously this game, this uh, the game this weekend. Chris, we're going to do predictions. What do you think the score is going to be? I was pretty close this week. I was only one goal off. Yeah, you were. When Ellen scored, I thought I'm going to be miles off. Hey, I thought it was going to be more than five, but yeah. Oh, that's a difficult one. It wouldn't surprise me at all if it went if it went the distance, extra time, possibly penalties. Um, how about how about this then, Chris? For predictions, do you think it's going to go to extra time? I I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, I, I, if I was to put my neck on the line and you know I'll, I'll go positive, I'll say two one Blues after extra time. After extra time, I I, I, I don't want to predict penalties because I, I don't think I could go through that. When <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one nil after extra time. Okay, I'll take that. And that's all for this week's show. Thanks to Chris for joining me. You can find him on Twitter at A-W-C-A-I-B. And you can find me at Craig Hadley, that's with a double E at the end. And it's also thanks to Jazar for allowing us to use his song No Control in our intro and outro music. You've been listening to the Great Since 68 podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us so you can receive the show every single week as soon as it comes out. Just search for Great Since 68 on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and any other podcast platform you may use. If you prefer to listen through SoundCloud, be sure to give us a follow on there so you can get notified every single week when the episode is out. You can also follow the show on Twitter at GreatSynth68. Thanks for listening, everyone, and remember, keep right on.